The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it must be Monday because it's the Wrestling Inc. Raw After Show. Justin Labar, Jack Farmer, Jimmy Corderas, or as we all call him now, Corduroy. We are in the building. Well, we're not in the building. We're in different buildings, but we're here uh, to talk about Monday Night Raw. And it was okay. There was some stuff that happened. Uh, some some newsworthy things happened. Before we get into it, while we wait for everyone to settle in and find their seats, Jimmy, they mm-hmm. Raw was in your neck of the woods. What kind of stories can you tell us that you're not supposed to tell us about hanging out and hobnobbing with all the uh, WWE brass? Well, I'm not going to throw, well, I don't know about brass, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to throw any names out there. But with SmackDown being in Montreal on Friday night, it made no sense for the crew to fly home and fly back to Canada and have to cross borders and stuff like that. So everybody kind of made their way to Toronto Saturday and Sunday. So yesterday and Saturday, I got to meet up with a few old friends and, you know, we grabbed a bite to eat and then maybe a pop here and there and just told some old stories, had some fun and just reminisced a little bit, but also got to catch up with some good old friends uh, yeah, that I, that I miss. Do you miss when you talk to your friends? Are you like, oh man, I wish I was back on the road? Or are you like, it sounds fun, but I'm glad I, uh, I'm i not on the road anymore. Uh, now that I am off the road, I don't miss the traveling. Mm-hmm. I miss the camaraderie. I miss the, like, you, you know, you do become like a brotherhood out there. And yes, there are conflicts between some guys. Yes. It's like any family when you, when, when people, you know have disagreements. Let's put it for lack of a better term. I, I miss the guys and gals. I miss the, the crew, uh, but I don't miss the travel one bit. Yeah. Travel is no fun, but speaking of traveling next week, Justin Labar, not to give away the, uh, not to, not to bury the lead here, but that Raw's moving to go into your neck of the woods next week. So are you going to be hobnobbing with the big WWE brass? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Uh, <laughs> The funny thing is, actually, the hobnobbing with the WWE brass I've done in the past in Pittsburgh, it always happens when I least expect it. it it's rarely it's situations that like I'm prepared for, and then like I'm 
meeting said person at said time, it usually ends up being somewhat of a surprise. So that's why I just, you know, I, it, whenever they're in town, it's always fun. You never know who you're going to run into and, and what situation you're going to find yourself in. Uh, I've drafted notes. Maybe one day I'll follow in Jimmy's great footsteps and release my stories. Of, you know, well, well, I won't. I won't have a WrestleMania main event in in my story. I don't think as Jimmy does. <laughs> But it, it might be interesting to some. I gotta say, Jimmy, I'm, this is actually I'm, I'm excited to see you. But you know, Jimmy messaged uh, in this afternoon and said that he'd be on tonight. And mm-hmm. had you had you not messaged me, or had or had you said, "Hey, I'm not gonna make it on tonight," when we got to the main event tonight, which we'll obviously we'll get to, mm-hmm. and there's a ref down, I was like, "Oh, come on, we're <laughs> we're milking the hometown guys and girls. Yeah. Come on." <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, you know what? It's funny you said that because when I saw Charles take the bump, Charles was one of the guys I, I you know, got mm-hmm. together with this weekend, which was cool to see because uh, he's one of my best friends there. But when I saw him take the bump, I was thinking back to WrestleMania 24 when I took the bump and he did the big rundown for me. Mm-hmm. I almost wanted to return the favor there. I'm watching from home here and I'm going, oh, now I wish I was there. To, to do, you know what I mean? But See, you were waiting for Jimmy to go make the count. I was waiting for him to help Dexter Loomis. Sneak out through the crowd. (laughs) Uh, But uh, we have, there's a lot of people that showed up tonight on Raw. But before we talk about all them, we have some news. Sounds like the Road Dog is back as executive, replacing Jeff Jarrett. The Road Dog uh, has been rehired by WWE in an executive position, according to PW Insider. James had been released by WWE in January after being one of the chief voices involved in the black and gold era of NXT. As revealed in a follow-up report by PW Insider, James will be assuming the position of vice president of live events, a similar gig to that previously occupied by fellow wrestling dynasty member Jeff Jarrett. now, Jimmy, uh, mm-hmm. did you have, when you were working with WWE, a lot of interaction with the vice president of live events or, or a similar role? Had that role not been there when you were around? I, I don't remember if somebody was, uh, you know, vice president of live events. I mean, uh, I thought uh, it was kind of like it, it, there could have been someone with that title, but I don't recall anybody having that specific title. I thought it was taken care of. Uh, in a group kind of thing with talent relations. I thought it was part of the talent relations department. I could be wrong. Somebody could correct me if they're listening Mm -hmm. from back in the day. But uh, yeah, even to this day, when I see uh, whether it's vice president or senior vice president of live events, I'm trying to think, so do they book the live events? Do they look over, just oversee everything when everything is put together? I'm not really sure, but I don't recall that position being there when I was there. I'm sure it's a very busy job, but it sounds like one of those like vice president of specific duties or uh, one of those <laughs> jobs where you're like, what is that? But I, I, I know there's stuff to it. Now, Justin, I definitely want to get your take on this, but I'm a little worried because Wrestling Inc., it's a, it's a news site and we, we have to be mm-hmm. fair. We have to be unbiased. But speaking of palling around with brass, I saw a picture of you hanging out with Road Dog at a football game. Oh yeah, that was several years ago. But yeah, I mean, he he he's a as as anybody that's ever worked with him or met him, he's just he's a really uh, really great guy. A, a tremendous story, obviously, and you know, very open about his you know where he's fell short in life and how he's come back from it, and, and, and life's given a second chance. It's it's cool to see, and, and I'm not surprised to see this. You know, he um you know he was head writer for SmackDown for a while, obviously under 
you know, under Vince McMahon's watch. And, and that's a stressful job. Uh, you know, he was still live, his family still living in Florida. He was, I think, living out of a hotel a couple of days a week in Connecticut. Cause that's just how, what you had to do to, to satisfy the, uh, the, the duties. And then, oh, by the way, you're then flying to, to TV, you know, so, you know, that, that, as it does for many people that are in the writing team, you eventually your time's up, you, you're, you're, you get burnt out, whatever you just, you're, you're creatively, you just, um, but, but, you know, with Vince gone and, and Triple H in the, in, in the role he is, um, this made sense. I figured it was inevitable that, 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 that Road Dog would, uh, would find his way back in, in some capacity, whether it was just an NXT in Florida or, you know, in, in a corporate, uh, corporate executive role, happy for him. Uh, I don't think that this is the last of the shakeups, as we'll say, uh, as as the as the new regime, so to speak, is just reshaping their their team of who they want in, in particular places. Uh, but yeah, very happy for 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 Road Dog. Yes, that was his first. The, the what Jack Jefferson uh, on Twitter that was Road Dog's first. He's his first Steelers game. He wanted to go to Steeler game, so we, we we took him to a Steeler game a couple of years ago. Uh, he had a good old time. He was he was a big fan of the tight end at the time, uh, Jesse James. Go figure. Oh, of course, go figure. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. I mean, he was he worked a lot with the Black and Gold brand. Obviously, everyone who watched NXT Black and Gold loved that. So, if you were a fan of the Black and Gold brand, probably a good sign for you. And uh, we'll see how it, it pans out. Again, I don't know exactly what he's doing, but uh, he apparently he's been in the business for a while. So, I would assume. It's a good thing that he's there. Absolutely, it is. He's a very, very smart man about the business. Uh, and uh, speaking of people who have been been around for a while, uh, the Good Brothers sound like they're going to be done with Impact very soon. Uh, the word coming out of Impact last month was that the Good Brothers contracts were set to expire at the end of July. But Fightful Select is now reporting that Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows recently agreed to contract extensions that will keep them with Impact through their tapings in Dallas uh, on the 27th. Following these tapings, Gallows and Anderson are set to compete in New Japan Pro Wrestling for a couple of weeks in September. And after that, according to the report, Gallows and Anderson will officially be free agents. Uh, Justin Labar, that means as us wrestling fans do, we fantasy book and wonder where they could go. Uh, If you're a a gambling man, where do you think the Good Brothers end up? Um... Not AEW. I'm going to start there. Uh, I, I think they would even recognize that there that it is just so busy and the tag division is so. I mean, I, I just don't, you know. And they they kind of got to work there, but not. You know, they kind of when when there was that that interesting impact AEW crossover, mm-hmm. you know, last year. You know, they were on, so they they kind of maybe got a feel for being there again without having any long term, you know, commitment. Um, you know, and then we're seeing again, and AEW has since signed a lot more guys and girls since. So, you know, obviously they do well over in Japan, but I know that for both of them, both guys, uh, they have kids and, and families, and 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 those kids and families are in school and have careers here in in the, in the U.S. So, um, them spending you know six month tours or whatever it is over in Japan and not necessarily conducive to where life's at. So I can see them going over, making a few bucks in Japan while they can. Um, you know, not to not to have WWE turn into what we sometimes criticize at AEW, which is how many guys are you going to sign. But uh, certainly, it seems like one of Hunter's things that he's trying to do in his vision is he's trying to put again more credibility in tag division, both men's and women's. So I think there's potential there. However, I will say, when the Good Brothers came over to WWE, whatever year that was, four years ago, whatever it was, and they, and they had a lot of momentum. Bullet Club was very hot. Um, 
they don't have that same momentum. Not saying they wouldn't be valuable, but they don't have the negotiation leverage. In my opinion, from from third party looking Mm -hmm. out, they don't have the same leverage that they did. So I'll be curious, does that deter them? Do they say, hey, we could be bigger fish in a smaller pond like an impact? A lot of things to weigh, but I, I the, the one I will say is a gamble, man. I don't see them uh, in AEW. Uh, Jimmy, what say you? Uh, it's funny. You stole my thunder a little bit there, I feel like, because uh, for the exact same reason you said, they are so inundated. They have lots of great talent there, but they just have uh, a, a finite amount of television space. And yes, everybody talks about, well, they're doing this on your YouTube channel and AEW Dark and all this. But right now, the money is in television. And if you're going to sign someone to big money deals, which I'm assuming they would do if they were to sign the Good Brothers to a decent contract, at least for them, you know, you would have to feature them. I just don't want to see them, as I like to say, Justin always kind of um, alludes to it, the 20 pounds of potatoes into a 10-pound bag. It doesn't do them any favors. The one thing I will say that all that AEW always has right now as uh, as an argument, like so, somebody's watching, listening to this, who's a big AEW fan who wants mm-hmm. the Good Brothers. The one thing they can always argue back at right now until AEW changes is that where I'm talking about how Good Brothers, how they have families and kids and wives. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to AEW, you only got to do TV one day a week, or two, you know, or sometimes. two. But but, it, but it's not yeah. the same of yeah. what you know. It's I mean WWE's touring is not as crazy as it once was. Right, but it's still you know so you're you're still on the road you know probably at least three nights maybe four nights a week so mm-hmm. um so that's the one thing AEW always has right now in their negotiation is is you can get more time to to be at home and then AEW seems to let guys and girls do more conventions more indie things uh, so you can make a few side hustles True. Uh, so that's something I guess I have to acknowledge AEW still has in their in their pocket for the at the at the bargaining table. Exactly. And and if the exactly if the financials are anywhere close from that sense, from a business standpoint, it makes sense. But if you're if you're looking at, uh, you know, uh, how you are treated as well, I, not that you would be treated bad there. It's just again, there's only a finite amount of television space to be to be seen three nights, a, three hours a week compared to three hours in one night that we just saw. Yeah. Unless unless like there's unless there's more plans like to. Mm-hmm. You know, less you know, less Tony Khan knows of a Ring of Honor distribution rollout where they're where you know, and, unless you can pitch to somebody like, "Hey, you guys are going to be building blocks around that brand." But again, it's all a matter of what's what's worth it. Would you guys be open, or would you be excited about a Bullet Club type reunion in WWE, or has that kind of is that has that ship sailed for you? Well, so I can, personally, I feel like. I, I would have liked it, but I feel like it's kind of sailed at this point. I, I, I agree. I, I, I think at this time, it'd be like one of those, yeah, it's a nice little nostalgia thing, you know, golf clap, mm-hmm. here we go, it's pretty cool. But at the same time, it's like, it's it, it's it's uh, past its uh, best before date, let's put it that way. And yeah. I think, though, if you repackage and retool them and rebrand them, I think there's potential there to, to create a new group that can get over just as big. Yeah, I mean, if if Gallows and Anderson showed up in WWE and you wanted to, and I do think it is past it. I think I think that ship has sailed. They missed the mark. They missed they missed the boat on it. It's just you know. Mm-hmm. But if you did, so who are you trying to pair him up with? AJ Styles, who he's AJ's got AJ doesn't need any redirection. He's doing just fine. He's on Monday night. He's what the number two, three babyface. Yeah. Um. Obviously, getting ready to enter in a very crazy storylines. We'll talk about uh, Finn Balor some of the best momentum Finn's had 
in a long mm-hmm. while, strangely enough, as a heel. But but it's so like you know who, who are you? You know what are you? You're gonna blow all that up to 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 do to do a, to do something that was hot four years ago, but is nowhere near the same. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. I don't see it. Yeah, uh, we got a we got a question in the the chat from Dylan Matthews, the GIF King. By the way, uh, he asks or he says, "I heard AEW has 170 wrestlers on their books. Um, I don't know what their numbers are. I don't know what uh, on the books means. If it means full time or like counting people who fly in for dark and then do one match, or whatever. But um, their do you books guys know anything about that? Well, number? I mean, their books aren't. They're, I don't believe their books are public, so right. you know who would be, you know and, and let, you know who would be able to validate that. But I don't think 170 is how many they have signed. I think it's probably it might damn well be close to 100 if it's not mm-hmm. over. But I mean, yeah, I think if you're if you're trying to get the 170, maybe 170. Like if you want to count number of talents that they have written a check to, if you want to take into consideration, yeah, the the independent guys and girls who get to have these come in, come out, appear on dark, appear on whatever. Maybe the total number that they've written checks to, maybe in that column, uh, you know, is 170. But in terms mm-hmm. of who is obligated and, and contractually bound to them, um, I well, I yeah, that seems that seems like an astronomic number for 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 them right now. I I don't know where that number came from. Could be somebody speculating, but like you said, Justin, it could be just people who have popped 170 different. Uh, personalities may have popped up on their television slash um, internet channels, but that's about it. As far as like contracted talents, that's that's an internal number that maybe yeah someone would have to investigate. And you know, I know that uh, 170 is too many people. If it is a real number, too many people for three hours. Right. However, on the other side, I'm glad 170 people are getting a paycheck. That's always a good thing to think about too. Um, <laughs> but uh, but let's get into speaking of paycheck. What pays the bills is this show. Uh, let's get into it. Before we do, though, I always like to say thank you to everyone who is joining us uh, live here in the chat. We got Baby Eyes, Peter P, No Bueno Crew, Ethan Cruz, The Tornado, Anthony Y, Marcus Harazin. Her- uh, let me know if I'm saying that right. Rocky in the chat as well. And Dylan, as mentioned earlier, Tox and Eddie and everyone else. Thank you guys so much for being here with us oh nyc demon diva in the chat as well uh shout out to isa for being in the chat thanks for joining along but also if you're listening on spotify or watching this later or uh apple whatever thanks so much do us a favor and leave a review leave a five-star review we the raw show hasn't gotten a five-star review on apple in a while go to apple leave a five-star review and say something really nice on there uh i'll read it maybe i'll say it on air if it's nice but if it's mean, I'll probably just have my feelings hurt and cry to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, but let's get into the show. Uh, we have a uh, we have a start to the show, and it's a hot start. It's a fast start. It's a Rollins and Riddle, and it's a brawl, and they're going through the arena and the crowd. And welcome to Monday Night Pyro Fueled Raw, Jimmy Corderas. This is the way to get this show started. Uh, normally I would agree with you, but it's because of what came next that I think this was the wrong way to start, either start the show or you should have uh, done what came next later because I think it stole some of that thunder. We'll get to what came right afterwards, but yes, it was a hot start and I was enjoying it and I was going, this is, 
This is how you start up a show and you get people interested. You get people invested and they go, hey, what's happening here? What's happening here? And then you have to think about what comes next sometimes. And mm -hmm. what came next kind of was, in my opinion, suffered from it because of that really hot start that the people got into. Interesting take because uh, you you make a good point. I didn't think about that, but just I'm, I, I'll let you take it from here. But I guess what I like about it is it gives me that feeling of like, I better have all my snacks and drinks mm -hmm. ready as soon as the start of the show starts because mm -hmm. they're going to get going. And that's how I felt when this started. But uh, what, how did you feel about the start and Jimmy's comments? Well, yeah, I mean, first, I mean, it certainly enhances the must-see television aspect to it. Uh, you better be tuned in right at the start and, and don't don't walk away. Don't Don't think that you know what's going to you know, you're not going to get three minutes of recap packages to, to remind you what's going on tonight. So that, I like that aspect. And I, I don't know why. I've always been, I've always loved, ever since I was a kid, I always love the set designs and, and, and going into the backstage. And, you know, it's, that was always fun. And so I can remember in the 90s, I'm doing that at different times. I can't remember in recent era, uh, just in the recent staging era that Raw has been in for the last 15 years, basically since they went HD. Um, that we they've ever let a camera live go straight through the curtain into the grill like that. I mean that that was that was a fun touch. It was different visually. Um, I understand what Jimmy's getting at, and I know we'll get more to it once we get into the next segment. I'll disagree on this point though. Is that while I can I can take the argument of of, of your kind of burying then what's supposed to be a big deal of an appearance. Um, it was an honest attempt because the they could in, in past times they would have just tried to start like that. They would have, you know, security would have got those two separated, whatever, and then we would just would have next entrance. But the fact they even had the announcers go back to what the script is and say, "Welcome on and roll," and let's do the pyro now. Four minutes in, mm -hmm. it, if you let yourself, it comes off as we were supposed to start with the pyro and all this stuff, and these guys truly did. They they just couldn't be separated, and it, you know, you're trying to get, you're trying to sell the disruption that they're having, the chaos that they were causing. Rollins and Riddle but uh, you know Jimmy's point is, is fair too as we'll get into is, is you know does do you steal the thunder from what's supposed to be uh, a big deal hearing this music hit and, and seeing this this appearance by this Hall of Famer well let's know in the chat if you thought that this disrupted the intro with uh with Trish I'm very curious how you guys felt because uh it's I think it's a fantastic point I didn't think about it but uh it's a good point. I'm very curious, but let's talk about Trish. She shows up. She says that she feels at home in the ropes and out comes Bailey and Bailey doesn't know why Trish is there. And Bailey says, no one likes Trish. Uh, Bianca comes out and has Trish's back. Bailey has the numbers until Oscar and bliss come out and it kicks us off right into the opening match. Oscar and bliss versus sky and Kai, uh, in the tag team championship tournament and Oscar and bliss, uh, they, this one goes on for a little bit, and uh, the folks who got eliminated watch on. It's a multi-segment match. It's really exciting, but it was the blind tag by EO Sky who mm -hmm. left Kai to get choked out so she could get roll. She could roll up Oscar and get the win for the bad guys. Uh, Justin Labar, um, I guess uh, first and foremost, uh, is Trish Stratus the most universally loved legend in WWE? I don't know if I've ever heard a single person on Twitter or anything say they don't like Trish. Yeah, maybe that's that's a that's a fair question. Uh, Trish, Trish, Trish is pretty over with everybody. I mean, who who's got a problem with Trish Stratus? Yeah, I've you know? I've never seen a negative thing said about her ever. I've said this about Jimmy. I've said I, I've said this about Jimmy. I've said this about uh, Tommy Dreamer. I've said, you know, there's a few short list of people I've said that I've I've gotten to know that have worked at the highest level, that being WWE and pro wrestling. I say I don't know anybody that says anything bad about them. Uh, Trish would be another kind of uh, point in there. 
Uh, look, it was great to see her. I, I love. I, I always love using, and I felt like they don't never they don't do this enough in the past when we do old school shows and vintage shows. I love trying to give a rub, trying to have, you know, a Hall of Famer in there with with with, with the current stars and and what have you. This this was awkward though. It the, the just the the promo was fine, but then the transition that it just how it went in the match. I mean, interested to even get physical. It just it felt like like there was supposed to be something more and then i'll get to it later i thought later in the show oh here's the perfect situation for trish to come back out and this will wrap this whole story up and i can cross out my critique of the opening yeah. segment but it didn't happen so uh great to see trish she looks you know, fine wine um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nice to see her with the interaction with the top heel fe- uh, females but it did feel it was a little awkward trying to go from that promo to the match the way they did yeah, I was confused because it sounded like they were going to do like a four-on-four match at some point mm-hmm. with the way they were talking about the the numbers and things. Uh, Jimmy, for you, I wanted to ask, uh, Bailey came out and she said, I don't know why Trish is even here. Uh, why was Trish there? Trish, Trish is, uh, she's from Toronto. She's a hometown girl. You know, she's a Hall of Famer. And why not bring out, you know, legends and, and, and people that are hugely over, like you guys said, she is over big time. And uh, again, I hate to harp on this point. When you heard that music, the laugh leading into her entrance music, the crowd popped, but it wasn't what I expected. I expected a big resounding, which I, which is why I think that opening uh, brawl kind of took a little bit of the mm. steam out of it. That's what I'm thinking. But at the same time, they still reacted huge uh, to to Trish coming out, and she's a she's a Toronto legend. She's actually uh, a part of a show up here in Canada called Canada's Got Talent, which is a spinoff of America's Got Talent, and she's one of the judges up here. That's how which, that's how hugely over she is. Which isn't America's Got Talent a spinoff of like England's Got Talent or something? It's all spinoffs of spinoffs somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she's so young looking. It almost didn't feel like it was a veteran hanging out with the youth. It felt like just another wrestler with the other. She felt like she belonged in there. It didn't feel like she was someone who came back. She's like she's like the female Billy Gunn. Uh, never ages. Yeah, it was. Uh, so it's good on uh, her, though. I, I don't know if that's a fair comparison. <laughs> no, it, it is cool to see her in the ring with yeah. the ladies, that she, with the current stars of today, the current women's wrestlers. Because, you know, if you look at women's women's wrestling history in WWE, you know, obviously, Alunder Blaze leaves uh, in, in, in 90, uh, late 95, early 96. And then women's wrestling really just, you know, then it, then we truly are in the the Sable, Braun, Pan. It, we really are in, in that era of the Attitude Era. And then, you know, Trish, and then obviously in the company with Lita, they were the first then next attempt to, like, let women wrestle uh in, in the early 2000s so mm-hmm. it, it's kind of cool to see her in there with bailey and oscar and, and, and the, these ladies of today are, are are so well revered for being wrestlers uh, I, again i thought that was a really cool bridging of the gap moment mm-hmm. yeah it was um it was good to see her out there and i think oh i i call it a net positive but i think i agree with both you guys in that uh, I, the transition into the match was a little clunky and uh you know maybe Maybe just letting Trish open things up would have been the right move. But uh, overall, I still think it was a net positive. I do want to say something they uh, they mentioned earlier, but I feel like it's just natural or later, but it feels like it's natural to bring up now. Uh, Gigi Dolan was hurt. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, they are going to have a second chance fatal four way for that spot. That said, uh, Jimmy, I'll start with you. If you could pick uh, EO Sky and Dakota Kai 
or the field, anyone else, who do you think's going to win? Oh, because uh, if if, this, if we were if we were gambling, if you're putting money down, you either pick the the two that seem like the favorites or anyone else. Where do you put your money? Sometimes it's good to go with the favorites. I know that you're always looking for someone to, for value, but at the same time, there's value in the favorites. I mean, they're they're a hot commodity as heels right now, and they've mm-hmm. got a kind of a name that kind of catches on. It's almost like Kai and Ty. It's a it's mm-hmm. Kai and Sky. And yes, you know what I mean. And very evil. Play, and Bailey has been on fire on the microphone as their as their mouthpiece. So um, obviously, you can. You can pick someone else, but I'm going to go with them. What about you, Justin? Would you pick? Uh, would you pick them to win the whole thing? Or uh, if you were in Vegas, the, you could get the field, maybe returning tag team, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, or uh, anyone else that comes out. No, I mean I'm going to go with winning this tournament. It's it's uh, Kai and Sky because I think it's like we're seeing all we're seeing that that right side of the bracket just is just ravaged with with booking troubles and, and you know, they have to keep you know whatever injuries and whatever. And it feels like, whatever it doesn't matter. They just they just have to just complete matches to make the bracket move along because they know no matter what happens, the entire ending point is to have Dakota Kai, uh, and 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 Io Sky. You know the two returning ladies who are trying to establish this team. Whole idea is to have them standing tall as heels. They think they've dominated the the, the WWE Tag Team Women's World, and then boom, we get a return of of of, of two ladies who were supposed to be involved in this all 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 the beginning until until drama unfolded of course i'm talking about sasha and, and um and naomi so it, it feels like nothing every it doesn't matter what happens on the right side of the bracket just the, the whole point is we got to get we just got to get sky and kai to the victory lane to the finish line and hit sasha banks's music that's all that we're trying to do here well and as we as we move on speaking of hitting music we got some new music from finn balor he has a run in with ziggler in the back and finn says ziggler you're just one of these guys that try to attach yourself to young talent, which I thought was just a great line. Uh, Ziggler slaps him and then calls him the B word. They also have a match that goes for a few segments here with Finn getting the win after Rhea Ripley gets involved. Uh, Justin, I want to talk to you about this. Is this a new Dolph? I'm loving this. If he's, It's not like he's like this totally repackaged, but it just feels like a new energy to Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, it does. I mean, this guy, just, Dolph continues to reinvent himself so many times. I mean, there's been so many rumors over the years of like, oh, Dolph's leaving or look at the way they're booking him. They're burying him on the way out. And like, yet the guy's the longest tenured, uh, you know, full-time roster member, I think, right there with the Miz. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dolph's great. He's one. He can make anybody look great. He's um, he can be, And he can be plugged in. Dolph can be one of your most rallied behind baby faces. He can also be one of your most despicable heels. He he can play it great both both ways. Um, so yeah, no, nothing but praise for Dolph Ziggler as a performer. And Jimmy, to, to, to pile on that, Dolph hasn't won in a long time, but the way they're presenting him and the matches he's having, it still feels like Balor got a big win tonight. At least I thought so. No, it absolutely did because Dolph Ziggler is that good. Even in a, in a, in a losing role, like how do we say it, Justin, all the time? getting over without going over, but Dolph Ziggler is now that veteran to help elevate talent. And he's so good that he could do it in, 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 by losing. And that does elevate the talent, despite the fact that I can't even remember the last time that Dolph actually won a match. <laughs> yeah. He kept getting near falls in this one. And I was like, wait, was that his, is that a finisher or is that like, cause he never wins. So I don't know if he's just supposed like the zigzag is like, is that a finisher or is that That's- not? 
because he that's, doesn't ever finish it. <laughs> yeah, uh, not to interrupt you, but that's my only issue is finishers should remain finishers unless it's a big time match. Uh, not just, you know what I mean? Uh, yes, I get they were trying to elevate, uh, but at the same time, it was like, you know, could have done something a little different than his actual finish. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of questions here in the chat. Uh, mm -hmm. Peter, uh, big, great, always good to see Peter. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while, Peter. Good to see you here. Uh, asks, off topic, Justin, how beloved in Pittsburgh is Shane Douglas? Seems to not be as mentioned as other ECW legends, despite being their main eventer. Triple threat. Uh, well, Peter, I, I think that's, I mean, Shane, to, to hardcore wrestling fans and the fans that were watching back in, in the late 90s during ECW's, um, prime mid to late 90s obviously everybody knows that, that that he's uh from here and you know he gets if he if he's at a local you know, local show or something he gets his his pop and uh he gets to cut his same shane douglas kind of anti-establishment promo and gets a pop i think probably the the reason what you're alluding to peter is that the fact is all the other you know he was one of the the, the, the main event stars for ecw during the prime i'm talking about ecw in its prime he's pretty much the only one you look at tommy dreamer the Dudleys, Raven, Taz, um, I'm sure I'm for uh, Rhino, mm -hmm. and then towards the later end, um, mm -hmm. he was the only one who never went to WWE after that. He had a stint in WWE that interrupted his ECW run. He had a stint in '95, mm -hmm. if you remember, where he was Dean Douglas, where he had the the, the, the menacing teacher gimmick. And it was it was it was par for the 1995 course. Everybody has to have an occupation, yeah. not any great creative behind it. He was just easy heel fodder for an emerging babyface and Shawn Michaels uh, or Bret Hart. But you know he had his best stuff in ECW. But after that, after ECW went it was bought, he never was part of the invasion angle that i can recall he never had a stint you know he, you know even raven has the, one of my favorite jimmy corderas matches that, that i was there for mania 17 the hardcore you know raven came back had a little stint to do that obviously dreamer had had a run the dudleys went on to have tremendous success uh, rhino success you know mm -hmm. so he just he just didn't have that so i think that that that's the perception he he just never he never got in front of that audience as as the franchise shane douglas the biggest television audience he was in front of he was this throwaway occupational gimmick as Dean Douglas. I, I think mm -hmm. that's probably where general perception comes from uh, of why he's not put in that same conversation. He was, uh, he was in WCW for a while too, but it was kind of during those uh, downward slope days mm -hmm. of WCW. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. If you're in W, if you're in WCW in the year 2000, yeah, you don't need to put that on your resume. I was a huge Shane Douglas fan. Triple threat. I used to love. I, I got to tell you though, Shane Douglas. Again, when you talk about people who are knowledgeable and can teach in this business and and teach the younger talent, Shane Douglas was definitely one of those. I used to. Uh, he didn't really hold court, but when he gave advice, I would always like, well, what, what? I'm listening. Smart. Yeah, dude. smart. Dude. I mean, and then for those who don't know, I mean, he was trained by the great. Uh, Dominic Danucci. He he was mm -hmm. trained at the same time by Dominic as Mick Foley was. They were in the same training class. Um, uh, there's a few others that I'm I'm, I'm leaving out. I apologize. But you know, so yeah. I mean, he to Jimmy's point, he 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 knows what he's talking about. He you know, just because he never got to have a WrestleMania match doesn't mean that he's not worth mm -hmm. a damn. It's just public perception. To Peter's question, I think that's where he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Is um, you know, that that's just kind of right. where even say even the Sandman who you look at Sandman, you're like. Other than New Jack, you look at Sam and you're like, this is an ECW act that's over. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Vince and them can put on TV. 
but they did. He got to do some ECW one night stand stuff at least. He got that little crossover. Um, he was it, hack in WCW. It, it was hack right. in WCW. How could we not forget that? Uh, you know, I love my late period WCW. It's, yeah, uh, you know, and, and, and changes never got that. So, uh, uh, well, we have we have some more questions here. Um, we have Bear Hudson asking. Uh, I have also heard rumors of Triple H and Nick Khan trying to get Cardi B involved in WrestleMania in LA, trying to make that event as big as possible. I mean, I'd, I'd assume at this point, I, and Jimmy, maybe you can speak more to it. Uh, at this point in the planning, I, I'm sure all options are open for that kind yeah, of stuff. Absolutely, and you think of where they are. They're in LA, and I know that these uh, there's a lot of celebrities out there who do watch wrestling, whether they're closet wrestling fans and don't want it to get out there. Or some are just very open about it and say, hey, you know what? I enjoy watching professional wrestling because it is sports entertainment. I know people hate that term, sports entertainment, but that's exactly what it is. You know what I mean? It, it, it's there to entertain you. It's not, you know, uh, okay, I, I hate to put it this way. It's not a legitimate sport. It's very athletic and there's, you know, very some talented athletic people involved in it. But at the same mm -hmm. time, you know, the as we know, the outcomes are predetermined. So it is a form of entertainment. And these super, these uh, celebrities, so to speak, uh, you know, yeah. uh, gravitate towards it. And uh, we've seen them over the years. And I've had the pleasure of, uh, you know, interacting with plenty of them. Uh, one of them especially was uh, the late, great Michael Clark Duncan from the mm -hmm. Green Mile, who at WrestleMania 2000, uh, during that hardcore match, mm -hmm. there was a... Uh, you know, there's somebody behind me and he's heckling me in this deep voice. And I was like, who is this person? I, I, but this is WrestleMania. You can't turn around and start, you know, going after something. Yeah. So, so at the point uh, the match ended and I heard the voice and I figured, okay, they're showing something on the trunk. Hey, you. And I turn around and I went green mile. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was kind of cool. He was smiling. He had that big smile on his face. And, and then afterwards, you know, I was out in the back. I was on the phone, on my cell phone, talking to my wife. And he come out. He goes, hey, sorry to bother you there. And I said, that's okay. He says, who are you talking to? I said, my wife. He says, give me the phone. <laughs> I said, pardon me? He says, give me the phone. So I give him the phone. He's talking to my wife there. And then, you know, he's having fun with her. And he says, okay, I'll give you back to your skinny leg husband. And then she's saying, okay. <laughs> he, he's tremendous. Uh, obviously, rest in peace. He he was tremendous in um, a, a, a movie that, that, uh, took place largely in Montreal. Um, uh, the whole nine yards. Yes. With Matthew mm -hmm. Perry and Bruce Willis. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. It's Frankie figs. Just, yes. just laugh, out, laugh out loud, but a super, super, super nice dude. Yeah. Uh, I recently rewatched Scorpion King. He's in that too. Ah, yes. Armageddon. Probably mm -hmm. not his fate. No, probably not the, the movie most people uh, think of him yeah. in, but uh, yeah. uh, he was jacked in that movie. He had a great, he had a great reoccurring for a couple episodes in two in two and a half men in the Charlie Sheen years. Oh, he yeah, played the yeah. father uh, of a girl that, that Jake was, oh my God, that Jake yeah. was interested in. And he was mm -hmm. just, it's just great, great, great comedic actor for a guy who you, mm -hmm. it, it, judging a book by his cover, you wouldn't think he's going to be a comedic actor. Oh, right. Ricky Bobby. He was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Good stuff. Mm. Uh, uh, we also have James Curtis in the chat, though, uh, saying, I've seen Bobby Roode has posted on Insta. Is he injured? I've heard nothing of that. Uh, have yeah. either of you heard anything about Bobby Roode? Mm -hmm. Nope, nothing, nothing. You're just uh, quiet. And sometimes uh, if you're going to uh, repackage someone, sometimes out of sight, out of mind is a good way to go. And, and, and hopefully he comes back bigger and uh, gets used. 
mm-hmm. to his fullest potential. He's he's glorious. I want to see. Mm-hmm. I want to see. I, I've I've been a big fan of his for a long time. Back mm-hmm. in his TNA, back in his beer money days, I was a big fan of him. Good Canadian kid. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, oh, you're biased. That's why you like it. <laughs> <laughs> you just like the hometown people. No. Um, we uh, speaking of hometown people, we had uh, G- <laughs> Gable comes out and says that Canadians are toothless and dumb, and that put down really works everywhere. I've realized. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Gable calls out any Canadian, and it's the prize fighter that comes out. They have a long, tough fight, and KO wins with the pop-up power bomb. Mm-hmm. Otis and Gable attack Owens post-match, and he stuns one and power bombs the other. Jimmy, I. Mention this on Twitter. I'm going to ask you, has there been a bad match since Triple H took over? Uh, on television, there's been matches that I, I won't say were bad, but could have been better. But this mm. one here was a good match. It was a fun match. And, and you know, uh, obviously someone like a, uh, a Chad Gable, who is very underrated for his in-ring ability. And also his, his comedic stuff is very good, too. He's a, he's, he's a good all-around guy. But Kevin Owens, it doesn't matter what you give him. He will make it work. And he showed it tonight. It doesn't matter who he's in the ring with. He's going to be uh, the, the KO that everybody wants to see. And and he was huge. Dare I say, the ovation he got when he came out was was, was actually pretty... Uh, I, I knew he would get the pop being, being you know, in bizarro land, Toronto, mm-hmm. as, as King used to call it, and all the Canadian people, regardless of whether they're heels or baby faces, get cheered. But he got a bigger reaction than I expected. Yeah, I mean, look, Kevin Owens, he, he's from a different providence in Canada. Mm-hmm. But, man, he's up there with the Trishes and the Edges and the Pops tonight. I mean, he's over mm-hmm. like Rover. Yeah. Um, it, It's kind of crazy. It's like, you know, he has the credibility of being in a WrestleMania main event with Stone Cold this past year. Mm-hmm. But Triple H has decided to hit the reset. Okay, we're not going to make you just be a heel because you had to be a heel there. We're going to let the people – the people want to cheer KO. He's kind of mm-hmm. – he, he has just kind of – He's got he's got that it that they right. that the the, the the je ne sais quoi. Uh, there you go. Very and, French from Quebec. Very, very Canadian. Yeah, Labar <laughs> can speak a little French every now and again. Um, so yeah, Labar. It, it felt it felt good. It, you know, it, it it did feel good. And I'm gonna say this with Chad Gable. Chad Gable's always money with his role. I've mm-hmm. said this many times. I know I'm not the only one, so I'm not trying to take credit for it. I've always said Chad Gable has that. Obviously, has a great athleticism. He has that awkward cockiness comedy to him that Kurt Angle had back in the day and not to jump ahead but they advertise later they're obviously coming back here to Pittsburgh next week Kurt Angle's gonna be there mm-hmm. I would love to see a Chad Gable Kurt Angle interaction I feel like that could be grand potential of, of comedy chops if 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 Chad Gable shows up during uh, uh, a Kurt Angle promo with the guitar in that hat the, cat, the hat uh, I will lose it they need to put those two together. That'll be so that that could become what those two have the potential to make one of those moments similar to like Jay Lethal and Ric Flair back in the day. Maybe not because one of them is mimicking the other, but mm-hmm. just one of those combinations of two people where you end up sharing the video of it forever. I think they could right. be absolutely money in the I mean, together. yeah, I mean, I can imagine Kurt out there, you know, or backstage I mean, together, you know, Kurt, who is loved here in Pittsburgh, who is a legend here in Pittsburgh. I can imagine Kurt out there and then all of a sudden just being interrupted with shoosh. And here comes Gable with the, with the guitar and a little hat and, and just, uh, I mean, the, the, but you know, I, I'm, I'm probably booking the fantasy here. I don't want us to be disappointed. If that's not what happens, but I really would love to see uh, Chad Gable and Kurt Angle have some interactions. I think that'd mm-hmm. be great. 
Oh my goodness. The three eyes, intensity, integrity, and the last one's intelligence. It's the Alpha Academy. They're all about being smart. It writes itself here, people. Uh, but uh, that you've got me all excited about Raw next week. Justin. Funny enough, Chad Gable used to be tag team partner with Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan was the uh, illegitimate son That's of Kurt right. Angle. It should have been Chad Gable the whole damn time. That's right. There's this is this is going to be. Oh, see now, 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 see now, you you got the brain going again, Justin. He, you know, Chad Gable comes out with a <laughs> DNA test. Nuts. You know, blah blah blah. <laughs> Anyways, never mind. Long term storytelling. We never got the closure of Jason Jordan and Kurt Angle because Jason Jordan got injured. Long term right. storytelling. There you and, go. And Gable has connections to people at DNA testing. We know from the Ezekiel storyline. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we, we pull it all together. It's like. It's like Marvel Endgame. Everything just coming together perfectly. And here in Pittsburgh is where Dr. Joseph Maroon, who heads up the medical uh, policy, is based. This is where lawyer Jerry McDivitt, Vince's longtime lawyer, we had the legal, we had the medical. They could all be present. It's it's all there for the taking next week here. In I think they've been planning nice. this for years. I think mm-hmm. this is the moment they've been waiting. This has for. been locked in a fi- this has been locked in a file with a confidential seal in the folder of <laughs> here's long term storytelling that's going to play out on August 29, thousand twenty two in Pittsburgh, PA. There you go. People are like yeah, long term booking the Rock and Roman at, in Hollywood at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. The real long term planning yeah. is Cable and Kurt Angle in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh on Raw. Uh, but Justin, there's one thing. I, there's a few things I want to throw your way about this that I, I, as we talk about changes in in Raw, that I noticed in this segment alone. Obviously, KO with his old Tron back and old shirt back. Otis with facial hair again, and of course the crowd chanting for Sammy at the end of the matchup. I, Justin, I'm just going to throw those things out there. Any comments on these little, little, little things I'm noticing watching this segment? Well, the KO thing I always I already alluded to. It's, it feels like mm-hmm. we're just kind of hitting a reset, going back to what mm-hmm. if we want KO to be a babyface, what worked best, what got over the most when he's a babyface. So they're just kind of going back to that. Uh, the Otis, you know, we don't need to bring back his last name. He doesn't need to be Otis Gozier or whatever the hell he was. But I mean, mm-hmm. there ha- there were uh, tinkerings with his appearance and presentation that I, I think a lot of people just were kind of like, well, why? The, why do you need that? Um, uh, yeah, you know, it just yeah, I, I think it's all just a. <sighs> It's all just a product of, Jimmy says it. So I'm, again, I'm stealing his lines here. Just keep it simple. This mm-hmm. pro 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 wrestling is not supposed to be difficult. It can be creative, but there's a difference. It's not the concept's not difficult. It's a good guy and a bad guy, and there's conflict. You can get creative with the swerves and turns, the swerves, bro. But at the mm-hmm. base and core of it, it is simple. It is simple yes. carnival understand come in we got mm-hmm. a we got a bad guy and a good yeah. guy yeah it just so happens that now Preston has television so you need to have backstory you need to have evolution of characters and blah 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 but at the mm-hmm. core of it it is it is simple low common denominator everybody down mm-hmm. to little kids should be able to understand good guy bad guy uh, quick shout out to Oz in the chat for the super sticker. Thank you so much for the support, Oz. You are greatly appreciated. Uh, thank you so much for that. If you have a question, just throw it out there. And uh, if I see it, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to read it out for you. We move on. And Aaliyah, though, um, she wants to win the tag team championships. And Bailey says that she's stupid for showing up all alone. But Trish says she's not alone. And Bailey needs to put up or shut up. 
which leads to an Aaliyah versus Bailey match. And uh, <laughs> even though Aaliyah puts up a fight, Bailey gets the win, defeating the hometown hero. Uh, Jimmy, I want to <laughs> start with you on this one. Was this the quote unquote right way to bring back Bailey with a give it away for free match as opposed to waiting until Clash the Castle for her in ring return? No, this is this is perfectly fine because you know obviously she needs to get her reps in in front of a live crowd. I mean, yes, you can go to the gym and you can work out in the ring and you can get some of the the, the rust off and work out some of the kinks, but at the same time, the biggest factor is being out there in front of a crowd getting used to working in front of the cameras and getting used to positioning of all the cameras and that sort of stuff and uh, again you you just meet a hometown girl who you know is going to get cheered regardless because she is from toronto and she's working in her hometown and uh, uh it wasn't a bad match but i thought it worked for what it needed to be and it got heat on bailey which was the goal here Justin, does this hurt or help the odds of Raquel and Aaliyah or not matter? I don't think it changes anything to that. Um, I thought it was a nice showing for Aaliyah. I thought, um, you know, one of the things I always love that, you know, because we're all we're all in nature to compare. <clears throat> one of the things I love that AEW has always consistently done since their inception is they play to the hometown. Mm-hmm. Why not play to play to who can help move a few extra tickets? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I like obviously Trish and Edge or you know Hall of Famers. I, I like, and then this is also where it comes into where you know Vince didn't know the NXT talent by name or by great bio. Obviously Triple H knows everybody that's there, and he has great communication with his best friend who's now running NXT. It seems and and Shawn Michaels. That's crazy. The click is now throw Road Dog in the now <laughs> DX is running yeah. WWE. <laughs> anyway, um, so it makes sense. Put Aaliyah out there. See what she's got. See how she does in front of a live crowd. But you and you give her the advantage of having the live crowd rally behind her. So maybe she has a little slip up. They're not going to chant, you know, you effed up or whatever. You know. So this is the right situation to put her out there on Raw. I thought she did well. Uh, I thought it, it got it, Bailey has heat. So all that's accomplished. To my point earlier, I thought that this segment would have that this match would have been great to have Trish come out and be involved. Even mm-hmm. if even if Bailey still needs to win, fine. Let Bailey win, then let Bailey do the, the chicken shit heel stuff after and have Trish come out and just, you know, hit, hit one thing. Or even or, or if Trish, you know, Jimmy said she's doing another project. If Trish has something in her uh, contracts that she can't get physical right now, she could just run Bailey off just by her presence and just mm-hmm. stand there and raise Aaliyah's hand. And now you have Trish, who's Toronto royalty with, with a, a young superstar who's trying to make herself known who's from Toronto. You know, I thought there was a missed opportunity there. That's this is me getting to Monday morning quarterback. I had that luxury. We had that luxury. I don't know mm-hmm. what went into the fact of what went into the decision making of why she wasn't there, but I really thought that would have tied the night together on the Trish Stratus storyline. Yeah, I would have liked to see her be a little bit more involved uh, in right. this one, but you're like you said, million things could have happened, but uh, mm-hmm. all in all, they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. Uh, Someone who also finally accomplished what they wanted to accomplish tonight was uh, a gentleman from the crowd. And it happened during the tag mm-hmm. team match between Miz and Champa versus uh, mm-hmm. Lashley and AJ Styles uh, in a match that felt like 2K universe mode running amok. The U.S. champion tag team division all teamed up and got to a tag team match. It kind of went as you expected until someone else came out of the crowd at AJ mm-hmm. But then Loomis came out from underneath a uh, 
um, a SWAT team outfit mm-hmm. and choked out and Loomis choked out Miz and drug him to the back and kidnapped him. But everyone cheers the quote, good guys, as they continue to beat up Champa after his friend was kidnapped by a stranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, do you know, I guess one, do you know who the guy was, the, the other guy was or what that, who he was, but um, also, uh, I don't know. Break this one down for me. <laughs> well, for, uh, first off, I um, I love the little the little Easter eggs. We know now the consistency is when AJ Styles is out there, and it's usually it's been AJ and AJ. We know that's when the disturbance has been happening. So you pay attention to that. They showed the backstage of AJ and Lashley walking to the ring. We know that things happen in the background are Easter eggs. Once again, AJ's walking. Adam Pierce and company, and there's a SWAT gear riot person mask standing there. It looks like something, again, is on fire or smoking. Hmm. So if you're watching, you are you know, I need to watch this match, not just for the entertaining action that's going to be in the ring, but this is going to be where that crazy thing's going to happen of somebody out of the crowd. Hmm. And sure hmm. enough, it happened, but it happened twice. Uh, to your question, I don't know for sure who the first person was. I mean, they, they again, ripped the mask off, the hood off, and they were being shuttled away. It kind of looked like a, I don't know, but just I'm just going off of skin color and appearance. It looked like, um, you know, Humberto or Angel Garcia or it, it, I, I don't know who it was. I don't know that I don't know because that was kind of the mystery. It's what we want, and then obviously very clearly Dexter Loomis who kidnaps them is yeah. in a very horror movie type yes. imagery. And the crowd's going crazy because it's the Miz and nobody likes the Miz. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, again, I mean, this is just it, it, it's it's you know, long term, it's been what three weeks, right. but it, it's right. it's it's taking time and it's layered and uh, I'm I'm invested. because yeah. now now at first we thought it was just Loomis. Now there's somebody else. How many more are there? Right. Right. And that that adds to the story. And like I love that you say that, Justin, because now even these matches that in a, a previous time, you'd say, oh, this match doesn't matter. Who cares? You're right. You're watching for something, so it matters, and you're interested, and you care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no one <clears> poor, <throat> poor Miz. No one cared. Uh, I love I love Jimmy, though, on commentary. He's like, the Miz was kidnapped. Everyone's like, yeah, well, stuff goes on at WWE. Yeah. Welcome to the party. <laughs> yeah. Th- see, and that's the interesting thing here. Uh, why Miz? And, you know, it's not technically a, a babyface move to kidnap someone in the middle of a match. You know what I'm saying? So, so yes, it led to a DQ finish, which people are, you know, forgetting about. You know, the, people aren't even paying attention to to what the finish of the match was. But I guess the official um, the official decision was a DQ win for Miz and Ciampa, despite the fact that Miz got kidnapped and dra- dragged out of the uh, the arena. Uh, in a rear naked choke or something like that. <laughs> but uh, th- the thing I'm curious about, I want to hear the explanation. I want to find out what Dexter Loomis's game plan is. And, you know, I guess in, in a way, that's the goal. You want people to be interested and invested in, hey, what's happening here? You, your, your mind starts working and you start thinking, wait a minute, he kidnapped the heel. Then that's mm-hmm. not a very babyface move. Why would he go after someone like the Miz? Are they in cahoots even somehow? If they're just trying to th- throw a, a, a cloud over everything, who knows what's going on? There are a lot of question marks here, and there's nothing wrong with question marks as long as when you connect the dots later, underneath the question marks, they make sense. That's the big thing, because in the past, there's been a lot of times that there's been question marks, but they had nothing to do with what we're getting to. and. 
well, that's, that's where it becomes frustrating. And that's the encouraging thing right now, right? Is that that th- this storyline maybe kind of sums up uh, what we debate, what we've been debating is that now it feels like again fresh eyes, fresh control. It feels like in the past, if something like this was being done, it literally could be scrapped next week, yeah. or not. You know, like you know, th- 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 that we that there's no end game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a tr- at least I have this. I have this trust that. There's an end game in sight. There's a there's a date circled on the calendar of we want to be here by this time, and 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 it's being booked backwards, Correct. which is how you're which is how you're supposed to book long term pro wrestling angles. Mm-hmm. You start, you, what's your finish line? You go backwards, mm-hmm. and that's what's exciting. Is it feels like whatever happened this week, whatever happens next week in Pittsburgh, and I will be eyes and ears all around. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's all going to connect the dots. Nice. But, and you're right, because I have that same belief too. And it's not just because I like what's been happening or I was a fan of black and gold. But even when, as this ch- these changes started happening, they didn't just write off anything. They actually closed out every storyline that was happening mm-hmm. uh, or at least continued it or something. They haven't written off anything, even the Ezekiel right. KO stuff or whatever. They all said, okay, we need to put a button in this or tie this up or whatever so that. Yeah, it, it would have been very easy for them to just say, "Well, forget that. Like, move on from this." The, the number, the, the number one thing, you know. So, like, you mentioned Ezekiel, Austin, uh, Austin Theory, or Theory. We'll get to in a second. The number one thing I know we saw him in a match last week or two weeks ago. Omas has been the one of the biggest uh, pre Triple H, whatever uh, mm-hmm. regime. He was the biggest project that's been. I wouldn't be shocked. If, I mean, I I could see Triple H seeing like here's a guy that's freakishly seven foot two, seven foot four. Like mm-hmm. they don't grow on trees. Uh, we're not going to just mm-hmm. discard him, but he's one that I could see. Maybe to Jimmy's point earlier, out of sight, out of mind. Maybe we send him back down to NXT. Let's restart this with him. Let's let him dominate NXT for and, and learn in that mm-hmm. in that environment before we put the pressure of him being a top mm-hmm. heel for Raw SmackDown. He's the one guy that I'm watching that's been. From the previous regime, not given the same mm-hmm. amount of TV time. Right. He he was to be fair, he wasn't in the middle of anything though. He was kind of floating at the moment. So it's not like they took him off while he was in the middle of a rivalry. He just kind of fair, but he and even yeah. Veer, even Veer to a point. It's like yeah. we saw Veer last week, didn't see him this mm-hmm. week. Um, I feel like I feel like they're like on the fringe of like, what do we have for them right now? Are they ready for what we want to do? Mm-hmm. Can we utilize them in NXT? Will it benefit them? Veer's already been in NXT. Almas mm-hmm. never was. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of NXT, we had uh, mm-hmm. we had segway, someone segway. from NXT that I think we were mm-hmm. all excited to see. The internet was a buzz about. Theory mm-hmm. showed up to inter- interrupt some guy's promo. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Johnny Gargano makes his return. He tells us who he is and why he was gone and why he came back, which I absolutely loved. And the mm-hmm. crowd was hot for Johnny wrestling. Uh, Theory comes out and says that he's done all the things that Johnny has dreamed of. And now it's like Johnny is the rookie and Theory can show him the way loved that little bit mm-hmm. they go for a high five instead of giving high fingers he gives him five toes mm-hmm. justin labar this was now let I, jimmy go let jimmy go first i want jimmy, jimmy go for it. i want jimmy to go first on this no i i i enjoyed it very much i i, I again 
Theory is a guy who's on on the rise now here on the main roster, so to speak, if you want to call it, if we still call it that, I guess main roster. And having Johnny Johnny Wrestling coming back, Johnny Gargano, you heard the audience and you saw they were panning through the crowd. People's reactions were like, oh my goodness, he's back? That's awesome because I know people were expecting him maybe to, to jump over to AEW uh, where they thought he'd probably get a better um, treatment for, let's say. But uh, again... He, this is another Triple H project from NXT that that was working and working well, and he is good in the ring. He's good on the mic. He's got all the tools to succeed. And people who say, well, you know, the WWE has this thing about guys who are big. Is Rey Mysterio big? He was world champion. This, here's a guy who has that, who's smaller in stature, but also has the ability to engage an audience and draw them in. And we saw that tonight, that he was able to do that. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. And I love the fact, like you said, that he put over the fact, he says, when I was getting, I dreamed about being the intercontinental champion. I dreamed about being the U S champion. I'm dreamed about being world heavyweight champion. And I also dreamed about being at WrestleMania. He put everything over, including the secondary titles, which I, I'm, you know, I've been an advocate for, for a long time now where I want to make the IC title and the U S title, you know, the main titles on the brands and have, of course, your world heavyweight champion as your, your floater. But anyway, uh, again, great to see him. Great reaction. I think, uh, again, going to sit back and watch and hope that this goes the way I'm hoping it goes. Yeah. Justin, I want you to just take it away. <laughs> no, I, I have so much with this. Uh, I, there's so many layers to this. Uh, first off, I, you know, it was, first off, I want to congratulate him and everybody at the company this was not leaked there was no worst kept secret there was no even you know wrestling inc or even some of the other outlets that do really good jobs uh, of, of finding out scoops whether you're supposed to find them out or not they find them out mm-hmm. this was not out there they 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 kicked the third hour's ass coming back cold mm-hmm. and just doing this as a matter of fact, I think this third hour, I'm, I can't wait to see the ratings. I can't wait to see the viewership of this third hour because I think this third mm-hmm. hour, which is normally the worst hour just because it's the third hour, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's going to be that, but separate topic. Uh, happy that they were able to keep it under wraps. Okay. Um, full disclosure I started working the Indies in 2010. The company that I worked with, out of based out of Cleveland, Ohio, was owned by Johnny's family. Johnny was the top babyface. Mm-hmm. So I had to obviously get to know Johnny and his family, and I worked there, whatever. Uh, I knew then. I could see it. I knew Johnny's favorite wrestler, Shawn Michaels, and I could see why. Johnny, who's not the biggest, and you saw that standing next to Theory. Theory is not the – Theory's built, but he's not the biggest in overall stature. But even that, Johnny's smaller than him. Johnny has this baby face rally behind him uh, ability. Mm -hmm. Um. In an era where, you know, in an era where it's not cool to be babyface, right? If you're cool, you end up being a heel that everybody just cheers, and that's kind of against the point. Mm-hmm. Johnny was always, uh, he was always, he always had that ability to whatever. To his promo, I loved his promo. He is a new father. Uh, I love that he mentioned Bluey because he and I have joked. <laughs> I have kids. <laughs> the Australian cartoon kids comedy bluey is like the number one thing that my kids want to watch it's what his his new 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 kid wants to watch. so I, I love the promo so human it was a baby face promo talking about the, the titles talking about being a kid wanting to achieve your goals who can't relate to that 
you know, yep. who can't relate to that? It, it, it was perfect. Um, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, I can remember sitting, uh, talking about ECW questions earlier. I can remember sitting in, in, I think it was 2011. We finished a TV taping of doing four weeks at a time for direct TV at sports time, Ohio, uh, mm-hmm. Johnny, Greg Iron, Joe Dombrowski, myself and Raven went and sat and watched a WWE pay-per-view on a Sunday night. And that was the first time I'd ever actually sat and really socialized with Johnny. And I realized this guy is a freaking encyclopedia. He remembers mm-hmm. everything and not in a nerdy, negative, uh, uh, cantankerous, intimidating way. He just wants to say, do you remember that? Let's talk about this match. Let's pull it up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He and, and granted, that was uh, over a decade ago. This guy is a student of the game. Yeah. He loves this. I felt in the promo. I'm happy for him. There's also a, they, they played off the way the NXT history between theory and him. They did that in verbiage. But if you want to go a layer deeper, there's a f- interesting little s- sub plot that I can't help to think that, again, Triple H might be leaning into hmm. that Austin theory or theory was Vince's chosen guy on screen and his money in the bank. Johnny Gargano was oh. very much the NXT prince and triple h's guy there is a very interesting internet dynamic of let these two go at it let twitter be twitter that is fantastic you got i uh that's that's gonna be bobbling around in my brain now the rest of the evening justin thanks Mm -hmm. you perfectly said i all i can say is i love i love this i feel like they absolutely nailed this and this was so gratifying to see just as a fan of Johnny Gargano and the black and gold brand, because he was always the first person I think a lot of people thought of when they said, can so-and-so make it on the main roster? Like, well, could Johnny Gargano because of his size, make it on the main roster, whatever, Mm -hmm. but seeing him out there in that ring with the crowd going cuckoo bananas, as he used to say Mm -hmm. on NXT, uh, he's I'm sold. He's I'm, he's I'm in. And Jack, two, two, two more things real quick, because the Gargano thing I think is, is worth this talk. Two more things. Yeah. One, yeah. I thought uh, for 16,000 plus in Toronto, uh, a very decent pop, natural pop, did not sound sound enhanced for a guy who has not been on TV in nine months. And oh, by the way, he hasn't been on TV in nine months, but he had a brief stint on Raw. If, you, if everybody remembers, there was a weird stint on the main roster that he and Adam Cole appeared oh. and mm-hmm. they couldn't get back from Saudi in time and... Uh, Alistair Black was like there's a weird time where there's like a random call up aside from that Johnny Gargano has not been seen on USA or Fox he, uh, well you know, he's, been, he's not been seen on Raw Smackdown he's been seen on USA for yeah. the next day so I thought that there was a pretty good pop it was visual uh, visible that in the crowd there were rows of people chanting Johnny Wrestling there was other people that were like who is this guy mm. fair and I thought his promo did great on trying to just quickly explain who he was and why he's credible I thought that was really cool to see that after nine months, he still had that kind of response and great on him to recall. I won important titles in this building. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I got to give credit to our, our, our colleague here on wrestling Inc. was on the podcast, Alfred Kenawa. Alfred tweeted mm-hmm. something that I don't think is Alfred tweeted about, and I retweeted it. He said, AEW dynamite is in Cleveland this week, which is where Johnny's from, mm-hmm. which I said, AEW's in Cleveland this week, but they won't benefit from the Johnny Gargano might show up bump. The chess match continues, which I think is real because I've seen people speculate, where's Johnny? When's he going to show up? We thought he might show up a few weeks ago when Champa was in a big match and Raw was in Cleveland. Didn't Mm -hmm. happen. 
AEW Dynamite's in Cleveland this week. As Jimmy mm-hmm. said, he's a guy who seemed like maybe a prime AEW candidate to be signed. Mm-hmm. So you can go into Dynamite thinking, ooh, maybe Johnny's going to pop up. And so yeah. it is an interesting decision. Why do they not have him? Why did WWE not have him show up and, and stop his old tag team partner, Champa, a few weeks ago in Cleveland? Why choose it cold with no promotion in Toronto mm-hmm. two days before AEW? I think there is a chess game worth noting there. I thought mm-hmm. I thought I, I retweeted. I thought Alfred had a really good tweet to point that out. I hope there was because I love it when wrestling companies go at it. It's always fun to watch mm-hmm. them go back and forth. So that is a very yeah. good, good, good note by Alfred nice. there. Yes. Uh, we got a couple of, of chats here, by the way, and we got uh, Apox Music saying, Man, what a great time. Being in that crowd was amazing. The Triple H era is a moment right now. Trish, Johnny, Daddy, Wrestling, Edge, what a show. Uh, who, awesome. got the, who got the biggest pop of the night, Apox? I'm guessing probably Edge at the end. But uh, uh, hmm. let me know uh, if it, who, who you think really kind of stole the moment as far as uh, pops go. Uh, hmm. But uh, it's Z also says, uh, all these returns, where does that put Cody, Jimmy? Mm. Well, Cody, again, is a long-term project because he's injured right now. He's on the shelf. And, uh, you know, I don't think it affects him in the least because uh, he's he's already been established and people know Cody. It's a matter of guys like Johnny Gargano getting uh, to familiarizing him with the audience that may not be as familiar with him. Yes, the hardcore audience knows exactly who he is, like Justin said. But it's just getting the other audience interested in him and i think tonight was a good start at getting people to go oh this guy has a plan this guy has a dream this guy has a, a direction let me see where this guy where this guy leads me well and that and that gargano was confronted by a guy who's been seen in segments of brock lesnar mm-hmm. and other main start it helps mm-hmm. the credibility along to the cody point uh obviously you never want to see somebody injured obviously cody injured was unfortunate timing that he was you know so early back on his return with WWE that that happened he seems like he's a timeline that's built for, for Roy Rumble, right? Mm-hmm. The other interesting thing, again, the regime change. Cody had said it's been reported, and Cody said some things, whatever. Cody was heavily pursued by Vince and Bruce Prichard. Mm-hmm. When he became a free agent and left AEW, like, they came to him, and, and, and that was that. Well, again, Vince not in that same seat anymore. Cody being on the shelf gives time for him to... Uh, build a rapport with Triple H mm-hmm. with Triple H being in the position he's in. Obviously, everybody's going to go back to the famous Cody thing in AEW where he has the the throne and he sledgehammers the throne and, and, and the references that it, that could have been to Triple H, right? This Him being on the shelf actually gives time for him and the new regime to get on the same page, talk about mm-hmm. what they want to do, talk about hash out any differences they have mm-hmm. and get it handled behind closed doors so when he is ready to come back, everybody can make the most money possible out of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think Cody will be just fine once he comes back. I do too, uh, but I think it's worth mentioning that it gives him yeah. a chance to, mm-hmm. you know, right? Yeah, and, and like you, like you said, Justin, he's got a Royal Rumble time frame. I, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, good things for him. Now this is where we get to the main event, and Damian Priest, Edge, advertised, built up, love that they did all this. Uh, but Jimmy, my favorite part about this is Damian Priest comes out. And I was like, oh, we're at the main event already. This was the mm-hmm. first Raw in as long as I can remember where I thought to myself, oh, wow, this is the main event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it didn't feel like, oh, thank goodness, we're at the main right. event. 
Uh, I don't know about did you I did you have that same feeling of this? I felt like this was the first time in in a very long time that Raw didn't drag to me. I got through it and I was like, yeah. wow, this is a wow, we're chugging it, along. It, it's funny you said that because as soon as as soon as they started introducing uh, Damian Priest, I looked at my watch to see what time it was, and I went, yeah. oh, okay, they're giving this match some time, but at the same time, I didn't expect it to go just yet. So mm-hmm. I'm glad they gave it the time. And you saw that the crowd, despite, you know, popping huge for edge and stuff like that, it was a little bit of a struggle at first keeping the crowd invested, but they, by the time they were done, they bought in. Mm-hmm. They yep. were invested big time. And, and uh, you know, uh, Hey, it was, a, it was a good, I shouldn't say good. It was better than good main event. For it Monday was- yeah, it was it was good, and I thought Damian Priest came out looking very much a threat to a mm-hmm. legend like Edge. Of course, there's some shenanigans, uh, but of course, the Canadian hits a Canadian destroyer in Canada and uh, eventually hits a spear and gets the win. Uh, post-match, though, Justin, I think everyone's going to be talking about, Beth Phoenix shows up with a chair and saves the day. Do you think we're going to get a different legend in the ring again? Uh, maybe, but the question mark is what's great about this. You know, Edge gets the victory, which you, you kind of need to do. This is the, I don't know mm-hmm. if they had a local um, uh, house show main event advertised for this. I can't imagine you're going to try to put anybody else out there in a match, even dark after Edge. Mm-hmm. So you, you send the crowd home happy with the thought of that or with the, the sight of Edge getting a victory. But I can see Edge also saying, look, I'm not here every week. These guys are. We got to keep. The, the, you know, we got to keep the heat on them. We got to keep their credibility. So seeing the post-match shenanigans, but then Beth gets in there. So again, it's a way to go off the air happy. It's also open-ended. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to do Beth and Edge versus Priest and Rhea at a future show, you have the the groundwork. Mm-hmm. If not, it's just something you know. Beth coming to the aid of her husband and. Again, hometown crowd goes home, you know, goes home happy. You know, so it, it was it was a well done finish. I thought it kind of like checked every box, left you with options. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I liked mm-hmm. it. And yeah, the match was um, to Jimmy's point. They uh, masterfully done, of course, by mm-hmm. Edge. Mm-hmm. They got it back when they got when they got around to the 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 final leg of things. Everybody was there, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Yeah, this I felt like this was and Jimmy, I, this is a very different WWE in a lot of ways, how mm-hmm. they deal with the hometown crowd. Uh, mm-hmm. I think in the past, again, under a different era, uh, <laughs> I think Edge would have lost and gotten beat down and we would have gone home saying, boy, the bad guys sure look like jerks tonight. But instead, they all the hometown heroes were presented like hometown yeah. heroes. Aaliyah took a yeah. loss, but it was a, a gutsy loss against the veteran kind of loss. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Totally different. Yeah, totally different because, uh, you know, the prevailing thought is, wow, we beat someone in their hometown using some kind of shenanigans, some kind of uh, diabolical means. That's how you get heat on these people. And that was the idea because you want heels to get heat. Uh, and, and the mindset back then was definitely, hey, what better way to get heat than have some heel cheat in someone else's hometown to beat them in their hometown? In front right. of the, in front of that audience, so yeah, that was the prevailing thought. But this, again, being the last match, uh, to Justin's point too, I can't imagine what could have gone on afterwards in a dark match. But uh, probably there was some mic work after. I wish I was there to see what was said afterwards. But uh, probably Beth and uh, and Edge got uh, got to send the home crowd happy. Let's say. 
Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Like next week in Pittsburgh, they're advertising locally dark mm-hmm. um, uh, Rollins and Riddle for a match. Mm. I can't imagine in Toronto you're going to have that finish with Edge and Beth Phoenix and you're going to like bring Seth and Riddle out. I mean, maybe, maybe if the, but I mean, you just gave the crowd a 30 minute main event. Right. 30, yeah. Know, I don't see what more you can really give them. You can do a little, you can do a little schmoz where, like I said, Edge and, and Beth are cutting a promo, have some heels come out and interrupt them and then have Edge and Beth take them out. Yeah. And leave them laying and send the home crowd happy that way. But to have a match afterwards, I don't see the benefit yeah. of that. That's for sure. You, yeah. you could even do Beth and Edge uh, having some fun, married, married commentary, mm-hmm. playing off signs. I mean, you could just right. have them kind of do a little bit of a roast for a few minutes. Yeah. And that'd be that. I, yeah, I, I don't see any pro wrestling match that you're going to trot out there that anybody, anybody's going to be mm-hmm. have anything left in the tank at that point for. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Well, all in all, this was a really good episode of Raw. They've been on a good run lately, and uh, I have been. I was thinking of the day uh, just to wrap it up, and we'll do final thoughts. Uh, Justin, we'll have you go first, but I guess just first, is Raw the best network TV wrestling show going right now? I, I if you as you compare it to SmackDown and NXT, and maybe even Dynamite, and I know that it's 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 dicey to compare shows mm-hmm. to the other companies, but. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a little. It, it is apples to oranges because again, Raw is three hours. So for it to be good, I think we're grading on a different scale um, mm-hmm. because three hours is three hours. Uh, I think it's the some of the best Raw. I think it's some of the best stuff we've seen on Raw, and things are mattering, and, and we know it's going to matter. And so that's there. I, I don't do the SmackDown podcasts uh, here on Rustin Inc. So admittedly, I do not watch SmackDown in full live. I watch it. I do watch it, but usually it's in pieces over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm a huge carrying cross fan. So I'm loving what's happening there. And there's some other things. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, it's all apples and oranges, but I, I feel like WWE just has momentum, positive momentum. And mm-hmm. they're going into this huge show in Cardiff, Wales. They haven't been over, and, and, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's just a lot of things to be excited about for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look at eight. I'm not trying to, I'm not poo-pooing AW. AW's got their big show in Chicago here. Uh, they certainly have a little bit more controversy in the news mm-hmm. of what's going on internally there. And I think they need mm-hmm. to kind of uh, clean up shop, but they got some things to, to be excited about as well, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. on Wednesdays. So mm-hmm. it, it is certainly one of the more intriguing times to be a wrestling fan and uh, analyst as we are, mm-hmm. uh, because there's a lot of things that play both on screen and, and off screen. And to be fair, I like AW as well. I'm not trying to be one of those guys that pick sides. Uh, I do not want the smoke on Twitter for that. But I, <laughs> uh, I'm just saying I'm really enjoying Raw right now. And and Jimmy, before before you give your thoughts, I we got a super chat from Dylan who says uh, Edge got on the mic post Raw and retiring in 2023 in Toronto. Oh wow! So, wow. Okay. See, yeah, what the what I will say to that? Thank you, Dylan, for giving us that news. But at the same time. Uh, it's very rare when talents nowadays get to go out on their own terms. And if that's the way he wants to go, then he's ready to go out because he, like you said, he's a married man with, 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 with some uh, young girls as for his children. You know, he wants to be a dad too. And if that's the right time for him, if he feels that's the right time, then good for him. Hey, Dylan, uh, did, did he say, or do we know 
do do they have a date in Toronto in 2020? Like, do we know if there's like an event that's happening, like yeah. SummerSlam, or is, is there an event that's happening already that we know? Yeah, because because the only other date after after tonight's in Toronto is post Christmas. There's a live event um, hmm. on the 28th. Uh, or cheap plug. Um, so it won't be post- it won't be there. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I'm you know I thought. So, Somebody in a chat earlier in the chat earlier said something about SummerSlam, but I thought SummerSlam is going back to um, Nashville. Nashville. Well, August, the, or, Nashville. Nashville is a short list. August. Yeah. Uh, Unless they're doing TV okay. in Toronto next year in August yeah. again, I don't know. And they'll just build. They'll just build to that raw or whatever, like they did. Tonight. Right. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a few people. People. Yeah. August Toronto twenty twenty three is what they're hmm. saying. So amazing. Um, cool. Interesting. Well, that makes Jimmy. Sense. You got to, re- Jimmy. You got to ref it. He, the man yeah. wrote. The man wrote your foreword in your book. You, you got to ref it. And he was also responsible for me refereeing the main event of WrestleMania 24 between him and Taker. Right. So you know, you, it would be an absolute honor for me to referee his last match. So you got to make it happen. You're so polite and reserved. If if, if I got to be the obnoxious one to to to, to advocate, if I got to be your Paul Heyman and advocate for you, I'm going to advocate for you. You got to do the damn thing. You you go ahead because you you know me. I I, I, I <laughs> uh, I'm sending it, I'm sending an email to Stephanie right now. I want this. All right, yeah. and I'll be the timekeeper. Oh, cool! <laughs> that would be absolutely. Cool. I don't know. I'll be the guest judge at ringside. No, I'll be the time. I'll for. be the, Jack. I'm the ugly one. I'll be the timekeeper. You're the pretty one. You can be ring announcer. Okay, right. yeah. With, I'll, with, I'll with do, that hair. I'll do the there ring announcing. That's what, that's what I'll, do. I'll show up. And, uh, Rome will be like Jack. Who, what are you? Who are you? What are you doing? No, I, I'm 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 think, I'm Mark Eaton territory. You're you're. you're I'm like, Get out yeah. of here, Rome. My time. You just remember, <laughs> like in the old days, uh, you have to have that pencil. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you're the timekeeper, um, in case the referee loses contact, they got to go home. That I got you, in the mouth. Pencil yeah. in the mouth. I got you. Yeah. I, got you. <laughs> I, won't, I, I won't abandon you. I won't, I won't leave you stranded. Uh, that, that happened to me at WrestleMania 4, believe it or not, where this was before the IFBs. And uh, do you remember the tournament? Uh, the, yeah, they had the tournament going on, so it was a tournament match with Rick Rude and uh, not Rick Rude. Um, it was a Breton, um, no, that was in the Battle Royal. This was uh, in the tournament where it was uh, Jake, was it Jake Roberts? Yeah, Jake Roberts and Rick Rude, and they were supposed to go 15 minute time limit draw, but there was a spot that, that leads up to the, the, the 15 minutes, and you know, and I'm forgetting to look at Mark because we used to get our time cues from the timekeeper yeah flashing hand signs and stuff like that and when the pencil was in the mouth you knew time to go home I I just I don't know I was in a different world I wasn't paying attention to Mark I finally glance over and I see him standing almost jumping up and down with the pencil in his mouth it's almost bit in half and I just <laughs> turned around go home you know anyway <laughs> all the craziness yeah. that happens that we don't even at least that was at least that was pay-per-view we're talking about yeah. raw we got to be off the USA cutting the plug at a certain time here. That good point. Good point. So I'll make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm pogo sticking with a pencil <laughs> in my mouth at you. All right. Tremendous. Uh, well, that does it for us. Make sure to follow at wrestling Inc across uh, social media, but also make sure to fo- check out the NXT after show tomorrow, the dynamite after show on Wednesday, the SmackDown rampage episode on Friday. Uh, Justin, where can the world find you? At Justin Labar, uh, Twitter, Instagram, do all the things. Mm-hmm. Hit me up uh, again. I always say, please tweet me. How, where in the world are you? And you're watching, listening. How are you watching, listening? Leave a comment, tell a friend, like, share, do all the things. Uh, we really appreciate it. It, go, it goes a long way. It really does. 
And uh, it absolutely does, mm-hmm. by the way. It really does mean the world. Uh, and Jimmy, uh, where can the world find you? They could find me at Twitter, Instagram, on all, all the social media platforms there at Jimmy Corderas. Unless you're Instagram, it's at real Jimmy Corderas because uh, somehow somebody got that. But you can find me weekdays every Monday through Friday with my reference on all my social media outlets. Yes, I have my own referent. Uh, cup where I drink my coffee in the morning. And you, again, you can get t-shirts too, if you want to look at that. I happen to have one on right now. And uh, yeah, prowrestlingtees.com. But you can catch myself here with you guys on Monday nights and on Wednesday nights with Justin and Isa, where we uh, review Dynamite. And to those of you out there who keep thinking that I am anti-AEW, listen, I Uh-oh. enjoy AEW because we talked about this earlier. You know, hey, we critique everybody. That's what we do here. But we mm-hmm. also enjoy all wrestling. It doesn't matter yes. to me whether it's WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, which doesn't get enough love, and uh, you mm-hmm. know MLW, NWA. It doesn't matter. I want it all to succeed. It's and a buffet. Never... Yeah, yes. man. Just have yes. your ta- have your ta- have your taste buds ready. Yeah, smorgasbord. Yes. Lots of good stuff out there. Yeah. Speaking of good stuff, you can follow me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. That's where you can see all the nonsense I'm working on. That does it for us. Uh, I guess we'll see you all next week or mm-hmm. on NXT After Show tomorrow on Wrestling Inc. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.